Halo, halo, Sacred Icon listeners. We used to do ads for other people, but I decided, why don't we do one for ourselves? Whether you're here listening to us for the first time or you've heard every episode, I'd like to briefly tell you what we're about and how you can support us. We have been doing this podcast since 2019, and with that has come lots of changes. We started as a primarily Halo-only show, but have evolved, combat evolved, over the years to talk about a wide variety of things in the realm of nerd culture. As you can imagine, we've made numerous changes to our platforms, usernames, and emails over the years, so now is the time for me to set things right and give the Covenant back their bomb. You can join our Discord by clicking the link included on our podcast feed. You can also send us an email or a voice message at sacrediconpodcast at gmail.com. We have a YouTube channel at youtube.com slash sacredicon, and we no longer use Twitter or X or whatever else the kids are calling it these days. So if you see someone who looks like us there, just know it's not us. Lastly, you can support us on patreon.com slash sacredicon and receive a bevy of bonus content. We're so glad you chose us to be the voice in your ear on this particular day and hope you enjoy the episode ahead. Halo, halo, everybody, and welcome to episode six of the Sacred Icon Halo podcast, where we talk all things Halo, and we cannot wait to get into this episode today as we talk about Halo Reach. I'm your host, Jovial Joshua Hargis, and join with me is, as always, my buddy, my pal, my friend, and the Carter to my George. Ladies and gentlemen, your host, Brian Arvett. Brian, buddy, how you doing, man? I'm doing great, Josh. Uh, Halo Reach came out today on MCC. It's a great... Amazing! Yay! It's a great time to be a Halo fan. It has been it a great is. time to be a Halo fan for a while now, and it's just super exciting to actually have Reach here. It feels like a new Halo release, which is... It's weird how much like I feel like in the Halo community, this feels like a brand new Halo release, even though it's a nine-year-old game. Yeah. You know, somebody pointed it out. Um, I can't remember his... Uh, username off the top of my head but uh definitely have to give him credit though like he's mentioned basically how we started this decade with reach and now we're pretty much ending it with reach which is just crazy to me i didn't even think of that yeah you know it's 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 insane so i don't know i mean does that does that feel weird you know i mean when i when i sat down to play reach and i realized that i was playing like something that was nine years old i was kind of like this kid this doesn't seem right because like Reach still seems relatively new to me. Like it's not new, new, but it like it's not old. It doesn't seem old at all. But nine years is pretty freaking old. Like when I was when I was playing like Legend of Zelda: Ocarina of Time, like the Super Mario World for Super NES was 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 newer than Reach. Yeah. So it's just odd, but you know. Yeah, I mean, it was like, I mean, really, it was one of the. Let's see, they was the Xbox 360 stopped in like 2013. So, I mean. It was still. It was kind of one of the. Was it, I mean, Halo Four was the last. Well, right, but I mean, like it was. It was like the last Bungie game, and it was there. Like their next game was Destiny, which yeah, did exactly. release on the 360, but it was still kind of there at the back end of the 360's lifespan. So yeah, yeah. it's crazy. Uh, it's crazy, but yeah. First off, before we get into that, dude, I want to go into the news, which we don't have much to cover, but uh, I did want to mention I saw this through Reddit that uh, VideoGamesChronicle.com had a post. Regarding, um, let's see what specifically he is. He is a principal software engineer architect at 343 Industries. <clears throat> Pardon me. Uh, and I may mispronounce his name, but it looks like it's by Danielle Giannetti. And uh, 
He was quoted as saying that Halo Infinite was, is going to feature the most cutting edge triple A, yeah, triple A game engine on the planet. So just going off that right now before I get into it a little more, what's your first thoughts on that? Well, actually, my, my first thoughts on that is to kind of take it back here a little bit. I don't know if you recall, but there was a behind-the-scenes Halo Bungie video. I don't know if it was Halo 2 or 3. For some reason, I want to think it was 3. But they were talking about like how the the engine for, for Halo games, the way it worked was somebody I, all I remember was in the behind the scenes somebody was like I changed I have to change this one thing and then when I change it it takes eight hours for it to process I remember him saying I remember the bungee employee saying that in the behind the scenes so basically it was like okay. if he starts something at eight in the morning like if it's eight at night and he ch- makes this change it's now going to be four in the morning before that that thing is processed that one simple thing with the way their engine worked and we've heard 343 also talk about how like you know the engines kind of been around for a long time and, and older and stuff. And I think I think what's happening here is that since they've t- taken the time and they've made Slipspace Engine, and apparently Slipspace Engine is supposed to make it way easier to develop for Halo and, and use the tools, um, I think the, the ease and development that they're seeing as opposed to what they were used to is probably making it, this, this particular 343 employee feel like it's a really revolutionary engine. And it may be. Yeah, because um, yeah, they actually... There's a little bit more to that. Um, that Xbox, there was an update to this post of Xbox claiming that the above statements reflect Gianetti's personal goal and is not related to his role at 343. So it seems like one of those things like someone had a bold take perhaps and Xbox is kind of backpedaling saying, whoa, like, yeah, that's, that's a them. goal. But It was smart of, of them to say that because you know exactly what's going to happen the second the game comes out. And someone and like the engine doesn't do some one thing good, and then they'll they'll make some meme and point out some engine from like Naughty Dog that does it way better, and then they'll be like best engine ever, huh? You know, so it's just it's best for Xbox just get out get out in front of it before someone memes it in all existence. Yeah, I mean, I look at this like I think for one thing, I think it's it's really cool for just some sizzle. I mean, obviously this guy has to feel very good about it, you know, to be able to say that, and I think that's really cool. You know, it actually makes it me looks excited. Great. It looks yeah, like a I mean, it, it's got a, like, the first thing I thought of when I saw that was, okay, hot take, but aside from that, mm-hmm. this guy is probably having a really good time working on this, probably feels very good about it, and yeah. you can't well, and really say much, you know, you're probably under NDA, but, like... It's cool of Microsoft to, to give 343 so much time, you know? You gotta think that this is a massive studio making a massive game, and they haven't put out a full new product since 2015. <laughs> And they're not yeah, putting actually, one out until next year. So let me ask you this: Do you okay? How much time it's been? Okay, so Halo, Halo Five came out in 2015. So and we're in 2019. How long would you guesstimate? I mean, obviously we don't work in the games industry; we don't know anything about that. But how long would you guesstimate it took them to put the engine together before even working on the game? Well, I, I have to I have to assume that like th- multiple things are going at the same time. Like, I feel like I'd be naive if I said that the engine was worked on solely separate from Halo Infinite. They're probably worked on same time or whatever. But my guess is that, like, you know, most Halo games have three years of development. My guess is that Halo Infinite, as a product, is mostly still three years of development. Um, because it's going to be five years from Halo 5, but you gotta you got to think there was post-launch content for Halo 5, 
like in the ongoing, what, yeah, ongoing multiplayer stuff, um, whatever, which I don't think it was much in the way of development, but whatever 343 had to do to get Halo Wars 2 out the door, that was mostly creative assembly. Mm-hmm. Um, there was also um, all this updating to MCC, which is a massive undertaking. They've done tons of updates, you know, improved things, added new menus, new, you know, they've added reach now. So I think if you take that five years from when Infinite came out, if you take the the time building the engine, the time updating MCC, getting Halo Wars 2 out the door, adding to Halo 5, there's probably a solid three years of development still spent on Infinite. You know, and I think it's, I think it's yeah. good for them to take a step back and, like, build this engine and, like, you know, get Halo Wars 2 out and clean MCC up and, and give fans time to really, like... Because think about this, dude. We're at the point now, we want Infinite bad. Like, the Halo community, we want a new Halo. We're so stoked. Like, bring it out. We can't wait. Now, a year or two after Halo 5, that wasn't the feeling. Like, Halo, people were kind of burnt, like, kind of getting exhausted. Not there was a lot of Halo in a short amount of time there. It was, like, it was a 2010 Reach, 2011 Anniversary, 2012 Halo 4, 2013 had nothing. What about with Spartan Strike? Or yeah, I'm not, I'm not really counting that as a big release, but, you know. Technically. T- 20, 2014 MCC, 2015 Halo 5. And not to mention, Halo 5 was announced and shown off like as a trailer, like seven, eight months after four came out. So there wasn't much time to breathe there, but now it's felt like it's been a long time and people are chomping the bit. We want more. Let me ask you something before we deep dive into this reach stuff. What do you, what if in Halo Infinite at some point he has that poncho that we saw in that first trailer way back when, would that feel pretty cool or were you, would like, no, did you didn't like the poncho? That's a whole lot of note for me, bro. You know what? Oh, oh. Like, <laughs> what? <laughs> it just doesn't make. I know. Uh, it just doesn't make no sense. It don't make no sense why you wear. a poncho. Doesn't make no sense. Think about it. Why would he wear a poncho? He's wearing a, a, a suit, a, a cybernetic. I mean, I get it, but I like ponchos. Like when I'm playing through Fallen Order, and he's got but not the poncho on Master Chief. Like, oh, new poncho. Oh man, it's like the Doom guy, Doom Slayer, wearing a poncho. I don't know. I do like that they would like him the... wearing a poncho and like a, a cowboy hat. No. No, not at all. I mean, it would be kind of funny, though. <laughs> I'm kind of joking. It would be kind of funny, though, as an infinite if they had, like, a, a multiplayer skin poncho chief. Yeah. Actually, I that, want that. Yeah. I want that. That Let's sounds poncho cool. chief. Okay. Yeah. I take back everything I said. <laughs> uh, but all right, guys. Yeah, so moving on uh, into Reach. This is so cool. Here we are. We can actually say now that we played Halo Reach in 4K, 60 frames per second. Uh, first and foremost, I mean, I know we're just going to pretty much talk let the conversation go wherever it goes but 4k 60 frames per second brian what's your thoughts on that well i think josh if i can back you up let's uh first talk about our impressions of the new uh the new boot up and the new ui oh yeah before we get into the game very good idea um i now this has already been i've already seen several people say this on twitter um i and i echo the statement i agree the new um like startup splash page for microsoft studios slash 343 it's got this new, like, gritty, it almost looks like 343 Industries is written on the side of, like, an ammo crate kind of look, mm-hmm. and which is kind of cool because they've had this, like, Forerunner um, logo pretty much since they started, and now they've got this kind of gritty look, and, like, people on Twitter are saying, like, this is going to be the boot-up logo before Infinite. It looks like it. It just it looks like it would naturally, like, that logo would come you up so? and say, oh, I think so. I think it's going to be their new thing going forward. It looks much more like it fits Halo better. Like, no, actually, that's probably not the right way to say it because... The Forerunner look, 343 logo. It's just a logo. I mean, I'm just talking about a logo here, but like... The, a lot this of use new, of the word logo. What's that? <laughs> I said a lot of use of the word logo. Yeah, right, exactly. Um, but uh, <laughs> no, I, li- I like how it looks. 
so I like that. And then uh, the menu, um, the menu they've done a masterful job. It looks beautiful, very good. They've changed the the font to gold, and they've given this uh, this background uh, kind of moving image of the noble team members' helmets, and I think it's wonderfully done. And I have no complaints with it. Personally, I miss the original uh, menus. Um, like, and I'm not saying the ori- I'm not saying the original from when MCC launched. I'm saying the like as in yesterday. Like, the really? Menu yeah, I thought it was much. For me personally, I thought it looked much more Halo, much more classic, and it and it, and it worked perfectly fine. So it wasn't a functionality issue. Uh, so I'm not really a fan personally of how it looks now. But that's literally just a personal take. I think it's I think it's a wonderful job. Very very good. That's interesting because I feel the complete opposite. Really, I now I will say to back it up, uh, I I agree with the three four three stuff like on the menu and everything. Before you get into the the in game UI, like it just feels updated. Yeah, that's the best way I can put it. Like I, I mean, if they do have it for infinite, that's going to look cool. If they don't, if they change it by then, I mean, that's still that's a year fine. away. Mm-hmm. That's fine. Uh, but it's nice to see three four three get kind of updated in twenty nineteen. Uh, but when I moved into the, the the main menu, dude, I feel like this is it. Feels like Master Chief Collection finally released. Like it's a I full product now. It's I a full product that. now. When I saw the UI and the sort of moving background of the helmets and everything, and like the way the menus are are structured now and everything, like I I could not love it more. I mean, I, I guess the only way I could is if you somehow managed to make it look like classic halo one and two where it was sort of like I mean, that's, really small i kind of felt like what we had before was a classic take i never the... did feel good about it I, I it just felt too um rectangular it's it, it does still have, kind of have that vibe now oh like just... actually no let me on that if you're if you're talking about like the the, the menu like boxes and stuff uh it, it looks much better now like there was a lot of like rectangular i know what you're talking about but i'm just talking well, i mean about, like, i, I do screen. still mean all of it like i mean yeah. it that yes that was a thing but I also didn't like just how it was structured. It just felt a little convoluted to me. This one feels a little more minimalistic. I agree in terms of the text. Yeah, but then good. when you kind of go into the menus, it's got it. Really, it really feels like this is the first, like this is the the one hundred percent proper release of MCC right now. Yeah. So and the gold, yeah, it looks so cool. And they got Chief's helmet, the correct collar finally when you boot yes. it up. Yes. I don't know if I do. Do you? Uh, did we ever really have that conversation back in the MCC like early days? I don't, like, I don't know if we I did. think we did. Like, why, why did they make Master Chief's helmet blue on the front of yeah. Master, Chief, uh, Master Chief Collection? Like, it's a collection commemorating Master Chief, yet they made his helmet blue. It didn't really make, make any sense. Like, if they made it gold, if they made his helmet gold, at least then you could have been like, oh, it's like a commemoration. It's like a, it's yeah, a special exactly. thing. But it wasn't gold. It wasn't green. It was blue. didn't really make any sense. I think it just chalked no. it up to, like, you know, reverse blue. But, like, why wouldn't they have done, like, 50% of it red, 50% yeah. blue, or something like no. that? Yeah. So now I wonder what the decision was behind that. So, I mean, it's just kind of cool. Like, they fixed up Master Chief Collection. Like, they fixed up all the issues with it. And, like, one of the fixes they made was the cover art. You know? <laughs> That's mm-hmm. how I like to look at it. it. The cover art's great now. So. Oh, fantastic, dude. I'm so pleased with this. And, like, it's on Game Pass, correct? Yeah. Yeah, so. Incredible. And, you know, and I, now, this, I should have looked this up before bringing this up. So, I want to clarify. I could definitely be wrong about this, but I'm pretty sure um, for people who already own MCC, like Josh and I, uh, if you want to buy Reach, it's $10. But now, from now on, there's when you buy MCC, you buy the whole package that comes with ODST and Reach. 
I don't think there's any way to buy things separate anymore. I think it's all one package going forward. And the price is now $39.99, I believe, which is $10 more. But that also comes with ODST. So it's still a really good deal. But I did see someone complain on Twitter about it, saying that they were they felt ripped off. But I don't really think that's fair because, you know, if you already own MCC and you want reach, $9.99 is fair. And it makes sense for them to go going forward to just make the whole package be one price. And $40 for all that's great. So I completely agree. I mean, I think I saw that too. But, you know. We could you be know, off, but I think that's what it said. It's forty dollars for <clears throat> six games, six games, and six. Well, seven if you count anniversary separate game mode. Yeah, in, in the multiplayer sense for sure. Yeah, I mean definitely. Yeah, so and then you still have Firefight from Reach, you know, Spartan and you have Ops. Reach's Forge and Spartan Ops. I have to believe we're getting ODST's Firefight eventually. Like that would make me so sad if we didn't. But then again, you would think that that's the final step aside yeah, from that's possibly all that's missing. Halo Five. Yeah. So, but, but if they don't, you know, I'm more than happy. We've gotten this is such a this project is a labor of love to the tenth degree. Yeah. So, I mean, we might sound biased, but I, dude, I think it's just enthusiasm for it because yeah. forty dollars for all that, like that is awesome. We paid sixty dollars at launch, and we got exactly. so much less than what we have now. And, then and that we was were happy to pay yeah. sixty dollars then. Exactly. So, and then not to go back yeah. over it because we just gave you guys a four hour MCC retrospective episode, but like, you know, going back to twenty fourteen. Was was the release of MCC, what the state it was in, was that acceptable? It wasn't, but it wasn't because of any ill intent from 343. They, they wanted to give us an amazing package. It didn't work out that way. Now, here we are in 2019. We have literally a, pack, a, a Halo package that is better than my wildest imagination. Like if you would ask me before the MCC came out, Josh, if you told me to pitch you my wildest dreams for a Halo collection it would not have been as good as what we have in 2019 now. So we had to pay the price of waiting this long to have it all and have it working like this. But damn, was it worth it? Yeah, I don't think they were sitting in the studio scheming to give us a bad product. Like, no. they will never find out. <laughs> you know, yeah, exactly. Something like that. But they, just, they're, they're fans, it, dude. It happened. They're, they're yeah. sad, too. Like, they're, you could tell they were so excited yeah. going into it when, as we covered all that stuff. If you guys ever want to go back into that episode, if you haven't checked it out yet, if you're, you're listening to this for the first time, definitely go. It's, a, it's our previous episode, so go back in the archives and definitely check that out and let us know what you think. But, uh, you know, as we were going through all that, you know, there was just so much enthusiasm. These guys were everywhere. I think at every sort of game conference show thing, they were there talking about the game, promoting the game. And you could tell that, I mean... I wouldn't have enthusiasm doing that if I knew that this game was not like you know the, if I knew it was in a bad state or something. The so. people at three four three were they were looking forward to playing it themselves. You know that you know it's not like they were it's not like they dropped MCC and they're like, haha, the product's out now. I'll go play my three sixty copy that works. Like <laughs> they were excited too. They so, will never know. Yes. Yeah. Three four three. They're man like they're not schemers. Like they they just they're huge fans that are super ambitious and. Yeah, you know, I mean, and the thing is too is they're they're still relatively new in the in the I think as a development studio schism of, of developers out there. I mean, uh, just like the coalition, like you know, it's a little off subject, but that I, th- I think people, even if they don't like Gears Four too much, I think it, it's still worth. I think most people would agree that it quality wise, it was it was polished. It was it was mm. done. You know, yeah. it felt good, and. You know, and then Gears Five is taking it into a slightly bigger direction. From what I understand, I still haven't played it, but you look game. at, yeah, you look at uh, three four three and stuff. Who's who's also, you know, they're a little bit, 
more older than coalition, but still they're still relatively new too. And like, you're going to have these hiccups. You're going to have like some growing pains. It's not all going to go perfect. And like, I would rather that stuff be out of the way. And now we're at this path where it feels like they've got a lot of good traction, you know? So, I mean, and, and this might it, sound it's like to gears fans, but like Halo's a bigger thing to take on than gears. Like in my opinion, like trying to take Halo on as a new development studio and make new Halos and bring that series forward is a much bigger deal. The, like Gears is a huge deal. Don't get me wrong, but Gears is not Halo. No. Yeah. I mean, even if this was a Gears podcast, I think I would still be saying the same thing as much I, as I enjoy Gears. I love Gears. I'm because, a Gears fan. dude, you got to look at it like Gears 3, you know, was the end of the, the trilogy. And the Judgment got put out, but that's kind of its own thing. But they were tasked. Like, basically, that game had a sense of finality to it in 3, right? Mm. And then they're starting over in 4. Whereas with the whole Bungie 343 situation, they did three, but then they also did ODST. Then they came back around full circle and did Reach. So, yeah, I mean, it was still similar in the sense that they're starting sort of the new trilogy or new saga or whatever. But, like, that, man, Halo 3 was such a huge deal. I think most people who who played Halo 3 when it came out, like, even if they had another game that, that they would say was their favorite launch experience, I don't think anything will ever beat Halo 3's. Just the the mass hive hype that was. Oh yeah, that, it was a it was know? a point in time as much as it was a specific game launch. Like, yeah, you so, just the, can't so the it. subsequent uh, chronological sequel that follows that, you know, that's supposed to follow that game. Yeah, that's a big deal and that's a massive undertaking. And so. if you look at the review scores for Halo Four, I mean, they did a masterful job for what they had against them. But uh, we're getting. But anyways, to get back on topic, um, so Josh, we we're gonna we're gonna go over in this in this episode of the podcast. We're gonna go over the we played the first level of Halo Reach, and we're gonna go over the first level um, of campaign. And then if we have some time, we'll we'll go into some multiplayer thoughts. Um, but correct me if I'm wrong here, Josh. The first it's not the level, but the first cutscene is kind of listed as a level. It's called Arrival, correct? Yeah. yeah. Um, so what what do you what do you like? First of all, let me ask you, Josh, like. You can just kind of just go back and forth here. Um, what did you think of this opening cutscene the first time you played Halo Reach back in 2010? And what do you think of it now? And how do you feel about the opening cutscene? Okay. So I got a lot to say about this. Uh, first time and this time, super confused. So confused. When okay. Carter is talking to that guy, I do not uh, know Cur- his name. Col- 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 Colonel Holland? Colonel Holland, yeah. I had no idea what was going on. It's like I heard it, but it went in one ear and out the other. But that's always been me with Halo. That's not a slight to the game. It's, it's kind of military talk. It's kind of, yeah. You know. um, and this this time, well, actually, no. No, let me dial it back a bit. The, yeah, the first time, it was very cool, though, because it reminded me a little bit of playing Halo 1. And I think that's what they were going for, trying to come full circle in some ways, is like, you know, the chief, I think the chief is his most quiet in Halo 1 despite having like like i agree with you before when you said you feel like he has like some of the most personality in that one like what is there i think definitely has it but a lot of times he's not as spoken as he is in some of the other subsequent games i think personally so with that in mind you know our character does speak here and there but briefly and so for the most part it feels like you are that character you're master chief you know whereas i guess what i'm trying to say is like in halo combat evolved i feel like i'm master chief When I play the subsequent games, I'm playing as Master Chief. Fair enough. Okay, so then when I play Halo Reach, 
uh, what's the guy's name? Noble Six? Yeah, Noble Six. Okay, so I feel like I'm Noble Six, which is what you're supposed to do. So it, it, it's nice to kind of feel that again, although I like playing as Master Chief or as Arbiter and stuff. But um, yeah, I, I loved that the first time through. It was really cool to see it go to Reach because at the time I hadn't finished the book, but I had read about I just half of it more or less. And like it was cool to get that like story just to see Reach yeah. uh, visually. Uh, this time though, yeah, it was really cool. I just forgot to customize Noble Six before I went into the game, like change the color and everything. So he just had the default, like I think it's like steel and black kind of look and stuff like that. My so. first playthrough, I'm purposely going through default, but I'm gonna edit him once I've unlocked more. So I gotcha, I gotcha. Yeah, so um, no, it was cool. And the first thing I noticed right away was how clean those graphics look, dude. Like so clean. I mm-hmm. I think we're gonna talk about this more as we get into it, but my the. Uh, my opinion on that is that it feels like this feels like either the, the how Halo 4 felt coming over into MCC where it f- almost feels like a next gen game just in mm-hmm. how it looks but at that point in time or like this feels like a this feels like an early I don't know it's like it feels like it feels like the way it looks it feels like a a 360 game that came out right at the end and got ported over right away mm-hmm. or it feels like an early, very early Xbox One game that doesn't have as good as graphics as some of the others, but still is very good. Because, dude, it is an upgrade. Man, I, mean, I want to get into I, that, I, but I, I, mean, I, I want to wait. I want to switch it over to you there. I, I think. I mean, I think Halo Reach. Um, like when when Halo Reach was coming out, I was really stoked because I, I think the Halo Reach is a really big graphical upgrade from Halo Three. Um, I think it's part graphical upgrade, part different art style. Um, I never Halo- used to think that way. Well, Halo, Halo Three. But I agree. Yeah, I mean, Halo Three has a, a a better color palette and it looks more sci-fi ish, where Reach is much more military, grounded, gritty. So I think that lended itself well. well plus but. they plus they kind of redid like the art style is just different in Reach. So I, I thought Reach looked like a considerable upgrade graphically from Three, and I think its more realistic approach lends itself well to the 1080p um, or the 4K, I should say, 60. Up frames upgrade. Um, so when I, when I first started Reach back in 2010, my immediate reaction was like, man, this looks so good. This looks amazing. And then it was just cool, like, knowing that my Spartan getting out of the vehicle was customized the way I wanted him to, and he was showing up. He gets out so cool, doesn't he? Yeah, he, he does. Like stands and up and... Uh. It felt, it felt, like you said, it feels like it, it feels like it's you as the character because you got to design the character and all that. And, um, you know, originally watching it, it was cool just to see um, the introduction of Noble Team and I didn't really know exactly what, you know, Colonel Holland was saying either. Like, I'm with you on that. And I, I think the the thing that I kind of took away the most, like, as far as the dialogue goes from the first cutscene is, like, there's that when Carter and you get on the, it's not a, what is it, it's not a, what is it called? It's not a Hornet, it's not a Pelican, it's a, uh, oh, man, you know what the name of that vehicle is? It has a name for I almost said Vetabird, and then I'm like, wait, no, that's no, Fallout. It's, uh, <laughs> well, it will come back to it, but you get in the, the flying vehicle, and Carter's like, he's like, I read your file. Even the parts, the blacked out parts, only didn't want me to read. Um, you know, I, I we're glad to have your we're glad to have your skill set, but uh, none of that lone wolf stuff. We're a team. And I'm thinking, okay, I'm like, okay, like obviously Noble Six is designed to be my character because you can choose his gender, his armor, everything like that. So we're never going to get too much detail of his background, but uh, you know, basically what they're setting you up for is you're a badass soldier. Like, you're not Master Chief, but as far as Spartan 3s go, and you're you're 
pretty darn good. I like it um, too because like it felt like regard like whether you play as a male or female, like they gave you that blank template of like mm-hmm. okay, this is your character. You do have a past, but it's so ambiguous that like yep. you can just piece it together in your own head canon. So yeah, exactly. Go ahead though. Um, so then you take off, and then it kind of pans over into the mission area. And the thing you notice about like Halo Reach's opening is it's much different from most Halo openings. Um, Halo One opens with you on a ship that you have to that's being attacked. You have to escape. Um, Halo Two's opens up with you being on a ship that's being attacked. You have to escape. Um, Halo Three opens with Master Chief falling out of a ship. I mean, you're not you, the level starts on the ground. To be fair. But then Halo 4, Master Chief is falling out of a ship. And then Halo 5, it's kind of different. It's Team Osiris jumping out of a ship. But usually, you're jumping out of a ship. And I guess if I'm fair. Wow. Yeah. And I guess if I'm in fair, ODST, yeah. In ODST, you're falling, dropping out of a ship in a pod. What the hell? I yeah, and then thought of that. And then in Halo Reach, you could, if you really want to get at me, you could say, okay, well, they, they get out of a vehicle of an air vehicle, but really, yeah, that's that's true. But, but really, you're, you're, I it's, you're it's different. You're not like evacuating a giant ship or falling to the ground. You're just coming in naturally to a non-hostile area with noble team on your ships. And oh, I think it's called a Falcon. That's what it's called, the Falcon. I'm almost positive. Falcon. Um, nice. and, you, and you just land and peacefully get off the ship, and you, um, what's kind of cool is you and you, you know, you land, and it's a different opening than most Halos, and. Um, I don't know if you did this, Josh. I'm guessing you did because I know the kind of game, kind of player you are. But then you walk towards like the nav point that points you to this little thing on the ground, this little beacon mm-hmm. that Cat picks up. And I, I noticed here, I, I hadn't noticed before, the animation's really, really good. If you watch, um, like they kind of kick the pallet out of the way. Uh, Carter picks up the the data pad thing or whatever, and he tosses it over to Cat. Yes. In, in gameplay, and the animation's like so seamless, and. Uh, that part, that whole part there, where Noble Team's looking at that beacon, you can easily just run right to, through the mission and skip that, which obviously I'd never want to do, but um, you can, and you'll never see that. Uh, but then you move forward and you get to this house where there's some people held up, and George comes, gets off his ship, and like you can run past that too. Like these little moments of story and animation, which is really cool. Um, I didn't even think of yeah, that. I mean, you can easily that's true just, now that I think about it, but I've just never done it. Yeah, you can feels- just. You can just run right I by I want to get that part of the story. If I if I go into the game and I'm playing it, I, I play it because I want to have that stuff. Exactly. Um, so they, they put a lot of effort there into things that players could easily skip, and I'm sure a lot of players do. Um, but there's also a lot of players like me and Josh who are gonna who are gonna want to hear that stuff. Um, yeah, I wanted to check out Cat too. I have a huge crush on yeah. her. Yeah, Cat. I, I mean, have. yep. I mean, Cat. There's some Cat's just a likable character all around. Yeah, she's um, really cool. But. Uh, Yes, you kind of move forward into this building. And her arm? Oh, her arm is like mechanic. Dude, that's did they what, ever explain that? No, I don't think they did. But like, dude, to get slightly off topic here, like I've always since because of Cat's arm, I've always been like, please give Halsey one of Cat, like an arm like Cat's or something, for mm-hmm. because she lost her arm. But anyways, um, so in the mission, then you, you run forward to this building and you walk in and you see um, that the Marines are um, there's like a Marine up against the wall, like he's been stabbed up against the wall. And oh, yeah. Carter's like, we got the casualties here. Um, and feel free to interject, Josh, if I'm getting ahead of you. No, you're fine. Basically get in this building, and then this is kind of the first. You gotta give, you gotta, I got to give Bungie some credit here, because basically what they're trying to do is they want to set up that like there's this covenant invasion on Reach, but the insurrectionist thing's not really happening there. So they, they, want, they want to give you a little bit of breathing time to have this impact of the covenant being on Reach, but also they're like, 
if we don't get you in gameplay soon, you're just going to be shooting nothing. Yeah, it, I was going to say, pacing-wise, it feels like they do kind of set up this whole insurrectionist thing from the get-go. And then, like, just as quickly as they do, it unravels that there's no insurrectionist plot. Yeah. So they, they pretty much, within five minutes of gameplay, you're, 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 you're shooting. But it, but it doesn't feel weird. I mean, no. I, I think it feels, I think it's what we want. They know anyway. the Although exists already. It, it, it would have been cool to have a mission where you're just killing humans, you know, and stuff For like that. For the sake that. of the that story, cool. insurrectionist. Yeah, but it's it's fine. Yeah, so you get there and you have the first enemy encounter, and also think it's smart they didn't put any elites in the first enemy encounter, uh, and they also introduced the skirmishers, which this is the only Halo title that they're in. They're basically uh, different. They're related to the jackals, but they they carry small shields and they can jump really high and look a little different. Um, so you fight skirmishers, oh, jackals, and okay. um, grunts here, um, but they kind of they kind of withhold the elites a little bit longer because once you get past that zone. You go down uh, across the water. You fight some more grunts, some more jackals, and then you eventually Question. get to this. Yeah, well, go ahead. Did you play on heroic or normal? I played on heroic. Same. And I was actually surprised. Like, and I don't like. I don't think I'm some like Halo campaign player savant, but I was surprised at just how easy it was for me. Like, I was. It was really easy playing heroic. I got. I got worked. Really? <laughs> you know what? You know why? Because I had played Halo Five like. A week or two ago, and like I kept trying to click the left thumbstick to oh. sprint, and all my why can't I clamber? <laughs> I couldn't wrap my brain around yeah. some of the controls. Not so much the clamber, but yeah, like yeah, some of the different controls. Sprints and like, on the bumper. I kept yeah, I would want to thrust and stuff like that. And, yeah. yeah, no, that's understandable. Um, but then you kind of get up to this flat plane, and then they uh, they introduce you to the elites for the first time. Which you know, back when Halo One came out, the elites had such a kind of a well they're obviously a very alien vibe to them because they are aliens but they had this you know they didn't talk and they were you know aggressive and they they had really good ai in halo one so they made you feel you know a little a little you know i can imagine first time playing halo combat evolved they make you feel a little frightened they make you feel like intimidated and as halo went on and especially because we got the the story of the arbiter and get to play as the arbiter and have elites as as um allies in both halo 2 and 3 they kind of lost their like scary vibe. So I remember back when Reach was first coming out, Bungie wanted to bring that back. They wanted to make them feel scary and intimidating. And Spartan threes are shorter, and to begin with, and I think they kind of made the elites look a little beefier, a little taller in uh, Halo, in Halo Reach. I so was going to say I noticed that. Yeah. So when you first encounter the elites, like and you like three, I think like four or five of them come out at once. You're like, okay, like they're they're moving fast, they're dodging. They're tall. Okay, this is happening. Yeah, and you're like, okay, they, they really they really are quite intimidating, especially if you're playing on heroic. Like, you can't just run in the middle of those elites and start shooting them. You're gonna die. No, that's why I died so much. Yeah, you gotta. Stay I wasn't back trying and, to just blow through the level, but like, I was trying to play tactically as I was going through it, like peeking yeah. in and out of cover and stuff and shooting them. But after I ran out of my pistol ammo, which didn't take long, uh, yeah, yeah, I would I would try to get up close, and man, I was getting worked by them. I would go up and melee them with their shields down, and wouldn't take them down right nope. away. And I was like, oh crap! They're and tough, then they yeah. just. Sh- like pummel me with plasma. Yeah, so. I think I think uh, like I think they did a better job of, of of showing us the the power of Spartan threes relative to Spartan twos than they did ODSTs to Spartan twos in in Halo ODST. Yeah, yeah I can see. In Halo ODST, like it's not you don't feel like a Spartan, but like in some sense, it's not much different. Like you have health in Halo three ODST, but mm-hmm. you can still flip war hogs over. You can still take down enemies just fine. Um, where, whereas like. In Halo Reach, you very much you feel like a Spartan. You feel like Master Chief, but you feel like you're you feel shorter. You have health packs. You feel you feel the appropriate amount of weaker. Okay, yeah, that's true. I, uh, I was I wanted to ask you too before I forget. Like, 
I think we mentioned this before on a different episode, but uh, where's the Halo Reach pistol rank for you? Halo Reach pistols. Okay, so... Because I I, I playing this again, I just want to say real quick. It's really good. I kind of forgot how good it is, how good it feels. It doesn't feel bad. Yeah, it's great. So... I would say number one pistol is Halo 1. Then I would say Halo 5. Then Reach, then 4. Then... No. Yeah. No, I would say Halo 5, Reach, ODST, 4, 2, 3 is the worst. 3's pistol is awful. You know what's I, funny, I would, I would how... rather I would rather just stare at an enemy than use Halo 3's pistol. <laughs> Dang. Uh, Brian, you remember how we used to... Uh have the like a debate about the pistols with halo i think it was halo 2 and 3 which one was better and i thought halo 3s was better Dude, you were wrong Dude, when i think about it now yeah i was wrong i yeah. can fully admit that i like it twos in isn't, one sense twos isn't good, but, but threes is like it's, it's awful it's like you told me i'm playing swat in, in three i don't mind it per se but like i man no. i actually love halo 2s it, it neither one of them make you feel powerful make you feel like you can take no. down an enemy but like Halo well, 2 Halo 2's anniversary upgrade makes it seem more powerful than it is. Sounds yeah, good. That sound. Ooh. The sound's so good oh, Halo 2 anniversary. So good. But yeah, back to Halo Reach, like, that pistol, I, I used it's it up right away because I was like, man, this is super it shoots fast, too. It's like, boom, 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 yeah. boom, Yeah, I was like, exactly. I was like, pow, 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 pow. Yeah. So. It, it runs on ammo too much. I'm always always running ammo on it because I, I use yes. it so much. So, Josh, let me ask you your opinion here. Um, once, once you clear out that area, you kind of go down the hill, and instead of a Warthog, for the first time they introduce a civilian vehicle, and it's this truck that's got just a flatbed on it. And, you know, I don't, you have to tell me if, I don't know if this was a surprise for you. I didn't know about this. When I first played Reach back in 2010, I hopped in it and I'm like, okay, I'm going to drive around with no gunner. And then George jumps on the back, throws his turret up over the side. And I'm like, oh, snap. Okay. Okay. It's going to feel like a Warhog anyways. Uh, what do you think about that? Civil- what do you think about the inclusion of civilian vehicles? And, and how, how do you think about George being on the back? Do you think that's pretty cool? Yes. It's a beautiful illusion of trying to make us as the fans think this is not a warthog when it's technically mm-hmm. it's more or less a warthog yeah, it's just but not it's, as it's good cool. because you can't shoot behind he can't it's a good behind. play on the mind yeah, yeah because you know you you have george up there on the gunnery position firing that and like it, it's cool it's definitely cool to not have to drive a warthog right away and for the first time too like that's the first vehicle you use um uh, it's neat it definitely adds to the whole like it, like when I'm running around the area in the beginning, like it doesn't feel like a a war torn area typically. Yeah. You know what I mean? It actually feels like a civilian type yeah. area. And I was going to say some of the way the aesthetics are designed remind me some of like the aesthetics used in Halo Three specifically, okay. and I really liked that. Hmm. So, yeah, um, for the civilian vehicle with with George, um, when you're when you're driving forward on that, and you kind of just you kind of just drive by a bunch of enemies and. The funny, the funny thing is, is that for Bungie, I, I've mentioned this a couple times already, but it's like if you're one of those players that just runs by everything, like you probably hopped in that vehicle and you're like, oh crap, there's no turret, and you just drive away. And well, you, see you later. And you just leave George behind, you know, yeah. and like so at that point, if you think about it, at this point, like Bungie's Bungie's given a lot of uh, a lot of faith in their players to pay attention because you could skip the scene with Cat at the beginning picking up the data pad. You can skip. Uh, George with the people in the house. You can skip the George getting on your vehicle. Um, so it's just, it just, it breathes a lot. The first level lets you breathe a lot more than other Halo games have. Um, and I think they kind of take that opportunity. 
Um, but as you go forward, as you go forward from there, and you kind of go through, you go past a few enemies. There's another kind of another stop where there's a bunch of enemies, and you eventually come up to this uh, another kind of bunker where there's some Marines held down, and you help them out. And, uh, and then after you clear that area and save those Marines, you jump back on the Falcon and you fly over to where. Let's talk about the Marines real quick. Yeah, go ahead. Loved. Loved that they more or less had the same kind of aesthetic going on as they did in Combat Evolved. I mean, yeah. that's, that's pretty much what I got. Yep, that's my up. favorite Marines look. Well, they used a lot of Reach's assets to make Halo in one anniversary because they go together so well. Even though you yeah. and I like original graphics better, like for Halo 1 anniversary, they did a good job of adapting Reach's I thought you stuff. preferred anniversary's graphics better in Combat Evolved. What's that? I thought you preferred uh, Combat Evolved's anniversary graphics. Um, I, maybe I or did. Or do you just really like it? Maybe. I mean, I do really like it. Like, I play in it a lot. But, um, no, my, my favorite would be the original graphics for Halo 1. Um, but, uh, yeah, so you, you hop on a pellet, or a Falcon, and you go over to help. Uh, Get it right, Brian. Is, is Emil with Cat at the time? <laughs> uh, I know you. Yes, yeah, so it's, a, so it's Emil and Cat, and they're, they're in this building. Um, and she's trying to get the, the doors open, and you kind of have to help help out there and um <clears throat> so it was, once again it was kind of cool to have that moment of just if you're somebody who wants constant action you probably don't like this level but you have that moment of being on the on the falcon and kind of flying over to the oh oh what's up dude that's another thing i gotta say i, I gotta chat about this for a few minutes okay when you're flying at the very beginning of the level you, you saying this made me think of it so i just gotta go back at the very beginning before you actually land and i don't know what those things are called but they're like winding Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Whatever those things are. Oh, my gosh. When I, especially when I saw that, I was like, this game looks beautiful. Yeah. And then I looked over and I was looking at the Spartans and I was just like, wow. Like, yeah. wow. Yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. Uh, yeah, it looked so good. The game good. looks great. Dude, I was just astounded. You said it one time before. And ever since you said it, it's just stuck in the back of my mind. But like, Bungie. They know how to do skyboxes because oh, I, I went from looking at that to like out to my right and like, wow, yeah. dude, it's so good. And like, yeah, and just having those those little moments where you're flying, like the pacing in that first level is pretty good. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of little skirmishes, you know, yeah. and like, uh, and, and, and it kind of like has a little, it's interspersed with bits of dialogue with the crew. And I think it kind of like does a good job of trying to like familiarize you with the crew because just like Rogue One, you don't really get a whole lot of opportunity yeah. for character development because you know how this is going to go. Mm-hmm. So, but back to you, buddy. Yeah. So you kind of link up with Kat and Emil and Kat's trying to get this door open. So you hang out outside the door and the coven are dropping waves of enemies and you're kind of taking them out. And um, so, <clears throat> so far there's been like a, you know, a nice slow kind of pace and, and build up. And then uh, Kat gets the door open and you go into this, this room. And here's something I noticed. I think it's different with uh, the update here of Reach. When you go in that room after Kat t- opens the door, I think Carter says, like, uh, make sure you turn on your night vision so you can see. And the room is so bright that there's you don't need night vision at all. I think it's because of the upgrade. Um, like, you might be right. It's super right? bright in there. Like, I know what you're talking yeah, about, but I don't Yeah, In I don't the know 360 the version, upgrade. it's actually dark. It's not dark anymore. Um, but that's just a nitpick. Um, but then you go forward and you see this dead body on the on the ground. And I, I believe this is Professor Sorvat that Cortana, or not Cortana, uh, Halsey talks about later. Uh, there's this dead guy laying on the ground, and it goes into a cutscene, and uh, George pulls out this woman speaking a different language. I'm not sure what dialect or, or what uh, country language that is. Do you, Josh? Probably not. I don't no. know. But she's speaking a different language, and, and she's kind of like, she's freaking out, and George tries to quiet her down. 
And then she just stops and she says something. And George is like, oh, wait a minute. Oh, crap. And then three three like elites jump down and starts playing this really cool music. I love this music. I love that music so much. <laughs> yeah. And uh, they jump down and Carter's like, we've been engaged. And like you're playing this for the when I'm playing this for the first time, I'm like, oh, my gosh, this scene's amazing. And then that elite knocks you to the ground and then it like, goes in the first person and he like opens his mandibles in your face. And I'm just like, like in the moment in 2010, I'm like, this is the best Halo game ever made. You know, you guys can't see it right now, but I can just tell Brian is just enamored. Like he's got oh, hard eyes right now for this scene. I just could I just thought the scene blew my mind because then, then, then you like you, you punch him or whatever and or knife him and he gets off of you. Then Carter kicks the weapon over to you. You pick it up and then you're like, you're all like pointing your weapons at the elite and he's like carrying that, that human hostage and it's, it's playing that music still. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> and like, and you're like, you're walking towards the door and he tells you, he's like, Noble Five, Noble Six, go, you know, move forward, you know, and then it goes back into gameplay. And I'm just like, I think I paused the game back in 2010. I'm just like, that was amazing. And I mean, this is that moment I told you, you that Justin. Just do on that for a moment. Yeah, this is that moment I told you Justin turned around with like big open eyes and he was like, whoa, you know. It's so cool. What do you think of this scene, Josh? Do you think it's as cool as I do, or do you think eh, it's not that cool? Bro? No, no, no. I yeah. think it's great. I just actually was going to take a step back and say that this is where I really loved George's character, where I realized oh, yeah. I really like this guy because he extends his <coughs> compassionate hand outward to this woman, you know, and is trying to calm her down. He's the most, he's the only Spartan too, and he's the most empathetic, mm-hmm. you know, and I just think that is so cool because yeah. it's like, correct me if I'm wrong, Brian, but isn't uh, up until. Halo 5, isn't this the only Spartan 2 aside from Chief that we see? In game, yeah. It's the only yeah, so I mean, it, it was, this is our, this is our only other person at this point in time when this game originally came out to like, give us another representation yeah. of what a Spartan 2 is. It, it helps round it out and like, dude, I loved it. He just takes the helmet off. Like, it, it's just so cool because he's a, like. He's a gentle giant. Yeah, well, I mean, he's standing there. It just says so much about his character because like, he's like standing there trying to reason with her and calm her down and it's not working so he's like you know what i'm gonna try to give her a more personal touch and takes the helmet off so he so she can see that he's a human and that you're actually you're actually talking about the end of the level right now oh is it yeah oh my gosh that's fine though oh my god oh my gosh yeah my bad but but yeah anyway back to what you were saying because i can go back to that later but yes that cutscene is awesome i was gonna ask you though do you feel like if that game if halo reach had come out today as like a first time release mm-hmm. on this generation. Do you feel like that Ben would have been more interspersed with the gameplay? You know how like it sort of goes from the cutscene and first person, you get the, the gun slides over you, you pick yeah. it up and stuff. Do you feel like it just would have went right into gameplay as opposed to like a cutscene and you feel that like transition into gameplay? Um, like, do you feel it would have been instantaneous? You know what I'm saying? I'm guessing if Bungie was making it, it wouldn't have been still. Cause I just think like, I get that feeling at the time. I'm like, I wonder if that would be a thing now. Yeah. But I mean, back it, it then, very maybe well could there have were been. limitations. Like you gotta, if, if you look back, like now that we're sitting in 2019 playing Xbox one X or whatever, if you look back into the 360 and the 512 megabytes of Ram it had and just what they were working with, they were, they were the fact that we were playing reach and halo four and stuff on the 360 was amazing. If you pop, the, if you pop the 360 version in now and you see how slow it, it runs, with the frames and how the resolution looks, it's uh, it's not pretty. So it's just crazy. No, and the rain stood out to me too. Mm, the yeah. rain, particularly <clears throat> when I first landed. Oh, I wanted to comment now that you brought the rain up. Um, something that uh, I really noticed. Here comes the rain. Uh, <laughs> so my, my favorite rain song is a uh, raindrops keep falling on my head. <laughs> it's uh, also. I always think of Tobey Maguire. Tobey Maguire all the time. Yeah. Best, best Spider-Man, Tobey Maguire. 
I probably just lost followers for that. Um, but uh, if no, you th- hate that and disagree, <laughs> hit up Brian at Brian's Bane. Yeah, <laughs> let him know. Um, Go ahead, bud. But uh, I feel like the, the the audio quality is definitely worse in the MCC version of Reach. Hundred percent. Whoa. Hundred percent. Hold on. Yeah. What? Yes, the audio quality is worse. If you play the three sixty version of Reach, the the music is very pronounced and very it has a very much of a bang, very much of a pop to it. Um, and then the the Reach version, it seems like they almost intentionally took the sound of the um, the uh, music down like four or five notches. Uh, nothing nothing come the sound does not come off near as well in this version to me. Now, on one hand, I'll say that's a bit of a nitpick. On the other hand, I do think it's a little bit of an actual issue. I think they could improve the audio for Reach on MCC. Okay. So here's the thing. Now I didn't play Halo Reach isn't anywhere near what you did yeah. on the 360 to know. However, I was listening with my Turtle Beach headphones, mm-hmm. and I thought the sound was amazing, better than some of the X, like better than a lot of Xbox One games I played. When they're talking in that first cutscene, mm-hmm. the audio almost seems like well, it, let me let me Blue Yeti microphone. Well, let me let me let me clarify. <laughs> let me clarify. I Good, think the uh, yeah, I see that the plug, nice plug. Um, I think the sound, like the audio files, are probably better, like the way it comes through. But the mixing or something is off. The the the, the music is definitely the music is. Way I'll pay less. more attention to that the next time I play. I just did not get. I got the complete opposite vibe. The music is way less pronounced now. Okay, um, interesting. But uh, yeah, so basically, after that uh, cutscene plays out, you go forward in the level, fight some more enemies. Um, ends up ending with you uh, taking on an energy sword elite. There's a shotgun and a drop shield for you to pick up down below. I don't know if you if you caught that. The, the drop shield is more or less what everyone wanted out of the bubble shield when Halo 3 was announced because the drop shield looks like a bubble shield, but you actually do the animation that Chief did back in the original Halo 3 trailer where you you, mm-hmm. you get down on your knees to drop it. And uh, the cool thing about the drop shield is it also heals you while you're inside of it now. Uh, so there's a drop shield there. There's a shotgun. The shotgun's really good in Halo Reach, much better than Halo 3's shotgun. And uh, you take out that uh, elite. I don't like it as much. Really? I mean, it is. It is. I feel like it objectively is more powerful. Somebody can tell me if I'm wrong. Like maybe I am wrong, but I, I think See, it is. In my more. head, I think Halo Three is more powerful. I could but be wrong. I could be wrong. You know what? You played this stuff way more than I have. I only know multiplayer, and I'm and I'm literally as I'm thinking this, I'm visualizing multiplayer. Well, maybe and maybe let's let's pretend for a second. Maybe Three's is more powerful. I think maybe what it is is that Three's range is really poor. You got to be right on top of someone. In Reach, you can have a little distance there the shotgun okay hmm. um but yes yeah, so you take out this energy sword guy and you you uh you press a button at the end of the level i don't see this is the thing i'm gonna be honest with sometimes i just don't know what i'm pressing in halo games like it's it's not maybe it's because i don't pay attention enough but i'm not sure what you did at the end there you at the end of that level what are you pushing that button for josh i can't remember maybe is that the part where like right like it gets to george's cut the cutscene with george that i was talking about yeah after? yeah because yeah. if so i think that's just the open up some kind of communication the switch or something yeah but anyways, then it goes in the cutscene that Josh was talking about, and George is trying to, um, to kind of, what's the word I'm looking for? Yes, he's trying to calm her down, and he takes yeah, his he helmet off, and it's cool. So humanized. It's, it's so cool because like, like Bungie right off the bat, Bungie's like, okay, we're, we're doing Reach. It's our last Halo game. You know, we're never taking Chief's helmet off. We're introducing the first part in two. You're gonna see on screen. We're gonna have him take his helmet off right away. We're gonna humanize him. And also, here's what I do. This is a love hate thing about Bungie. I think you'll relate to this. On one hand, I love the, like Bungie's attitude. They're like, you know what? 
I know the extended material has established these other Spartan 2s that everyone loves, but we're not putting them in. We're making a game called Halo Reach. We're not following the book, and we're not going to put the Spartans that you know and love in there. We're not even going to reference Blue Team. We're giving you this new Spartan that you've never heard of named George, and that's going to be our Spartan 2. And on one hand, that's like, I, I appreciate Bungie for like, loving their IP and seeing themselves as the, the lords of their IP because they are and, and, and saying kind of like, cause you know, we, we've talked about it before. They didn't want all this extended material for their universe. So on one hand, like they're rock stars and they do what they want and that's kind of cool. But on the other hand, it's kind of like, come on, Bungie. Like we love this universe. Why do you got to try so hard to not make things line up? You know, like you could have, you know, I think it comes down to else. honestly, yeah. I think most would agree with us that we're fine with it at this point. Mm-hmm. But I think what it really comes down to is just the fact that Reach was their very last game. I think had this been like came mm-hmm. out like their second to last game yeah. or something, even before that, it would have left a bit more of a sour taste in our mouth because of that. Whereas it being their last game, it's like when, you, when I look at Bungie, I'm just like, you know what, dude? You worked on these games for all these you years. You earned it. And you're, you've earned it. Yeah, I mean, it just the the only thing that sucks is like we had nine years established Halo Fall of Reach lore from the book. Now, and I I don't, you know, I don't want to get into all of it particularly right now, but there's many ways in which they made the the lore of the Reach game line up with the book better. Um, Because there's some inconsistencies, which I'm sure most people listening to this know. um, Like the the Pillar of Autumn in the final level of this game is on the ground, where in the book it's orbiting the planet. Um, You have um, Dr. Halsey has no idea that Spartan 3s exist in the book where she directly talks to him in the game. Um, you have Cortana being with Chief when she's with Noble 6 at the end of this game. But they made a lot of sense of a lot of those things, like um, Cortana splits herself into two different bits so that she can be with Noble 6 and with Chief, so that makes sense of that. Um, there's really not, really not much making sense of Pillar Autumn being on the ground versus in the sky. It's just two different things. Um, I think there was a, a, a way that they kind of cleared up that Halsey didn't know about the Spartan, Spartan 3s in the book versus the game where she very clearly does. But uh, to anyone who has issues with the, the lore like being inconsistent in the, in the game versus the book, I definitely 100% recommend reading Halsey's journal that came with the limited edition and legendary edition of Halo Reach. It's a really good read. And it, it ties things up a lot between the two, and it's written by Eric Nyland, who wrote the Fall of Reach book. So that's yeah, really good. I can't remember. I know Halo: The Flood. I think got a little bit additional stuff too. But did other subsequent books get that, like First Strike, or there's a bit more material? Uh, I don't think so. I think okay. no. I think it's just the the journal because, like, and that's why I give Bungie credit too. Because like, or I'm sorry, yeah, maybe I misunderstood. You're talking about in the Fall of Reach book, right? Fall of Reach book, yeah. Like, there's inconsistencies yeah, okay. between the Fall of Reach book. And the Halo Reach game, but the Halsey's journal that comes with the limited and legendary edition helps. Oh, I'm sorry, because wasn't there in Fall of Reach? This is what I was talking about, so my bad. But in the Fall of Reach book, in the sort of three four three reprint of it, oh, isn't there a bit more added? Yeah, well, they they, they 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 removed a couple things, added a couple things, changed some dates to okay, make it line yeah. up better. That's so, yeah. what I would. So if you're to, my bad though, if you're reading the Fall of Reach, if you read the the newest version, newest release of the book, there's it makes less inconsistencies as well. Um, but definitely check out Halsey's journal. Um, so anyways, uh, that level kind of ends with uh, you see Emil and George go at it back and forth a little bit. Like mm-hmm. Emil's like a badass and, and George is a softy and Emil calls George out for not, for not knowing what he is. And uh, Carter kind of tells him to hush up. Carter's that typical leader character you get, you know, and uh, um, I like how. Uh, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, it's I all right. Just, I like how Cat 
kind of like she says something to Carter, like you know, it's gonna. She knows she knows more than Carter does about this stuff, like getting the communications up, and she talks about the plasma damage. And I think she says that's Noble Six actually, like when you hand her the chip. Oh yeah, and she just right. kind of no, takes right. it out of your hands. Right. Yeah. And then, then she's telling Carter, she's like, "This is gonna take two weeks at the bare minimum." You know, like and Carter, you can tell like right off the bat that Carter kind of relies on Cat maybe more than he would like to. So yeah, what were you gonna say, Josh? Yeah, I was just gonna say like I, I it'll probably probably be a while before we talk about this at length, but the Fall of Reach animated film, it was so great to get that nod to George. Oh, I loved I it. Loved that. I loved that. Dude. Yeah. yeah, George is such a great made me character. so happy. Um, so much more I could say about George, but you know, I want to wait till we get further in the game to do that. Yeah. But uh, so overall thoughts, Josh, on the first mission of Halo Reach. Uh, I think it's my least favorite, but only because of, I like, love of that this campaign. game of our like, yes. first mission in Halo. Uh, no, just out of Halo <clears throat> Reach. Okay. Halo Reach's campaign, just because okay. I feel like everything, just, it's, it escalates yeah. very quickly. But I love that, and I love that, uh, yeah, you're at that point in the beginning when, like you said, Carter mentions none of this lone wolf stuff. Mm-hmm. Lone wolf stuff. And uh, But then later on, you do have those moments where you're kind of having to do that because yeah. of situations. So uh, I love the progression of the story, which we'll get into more in the future. But, um, yeah, it's my least favorite level, but only because it's it's the calm before the storm, really. Yeah. What would you say? I'll, uh, I'll, I'll agree with you on that, Josh, even though I think it's a great level and I really enjoy it. Yes. Um, every time I go back for a Halo Reach replay, I usually have this like this moment when I play, I start Halo Reach where I'm, it takes me a little while to get in the groove to actually get in the mood to play it because the first level is so slow and plotting that usually it's not until I get to the second level that I really start to hit traction. But I think that was intentional with what they wanted to do, so yeah. I appreciate that. And it doesn't, it doesn't feel slow to me. Like, I, I agree in one sense, I think I know what you're getting at, but like, it doesn't feel slow because like we talked about the whole insurrectionist thing, yeah. it quickly moves into the cover yeah. thing. So it's like, it's fast, but in terms of like But it's not like padding, Halo 2 where it's like, they're boarding our ship now, you know? Yeah, first level is really the sort of like groundwork for what comes through the rest of the game. Yeah, um, so I like the level. Uh, probably my least favorite level in the game as well. Um, dang it, Josh, you threw me off. There's something I really wanted to say about this oh. level um, <laughs> okay, before buddy. we go into the. Uh, I, I think, love to have heard. I it. think we'll go into the questions and save multiplayer probably for the the next podcast. Does that sure. sound good? Yeah. Um, but. Man, Josh, I really want to know what I, I really. I was so good. Well, hey. What I wanted to say, um, as far as that kid, that level goes, darn it. What, was what it? were we talking about, man? Let's see here. We were talking about. Uh, you said the first time, or each time you kind of go through it on a playthrough, you're kind of like, you know, it's, it's yeah. a little harder to get through that, for, harder to get into it, and stuff like that. Um, oh, I know. No, I got it. Okay, okay. So we we kind of touched on this a little bit on a prior podcast, but. I think it was the Infinite podcast. We 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 touched on it. Um, the way in which Halo Reach does AI companions is exactly how I would want Halo to go forward. I personally, just personally, despised the squad mechanics of Halo Five. I did not like. I did not like having a team of four at all times. I didn't like the the commanding them. I didn't like revive and none of that. Um, but. I do like, you know, like like in Halo 1, you have Marines that just run around and help out a bit and die all the time. I like that, and I don't like Halo 5s, but I think this really good medium, like mid-ground, is what they did in Halo Reach, where you have these established characters from Noble Team that are that are part of your team. That's like, in a sense, like, you are playing as a team, but you're very much your own character. You don't control them at all, and they actually do help out, and they're in the game, and they, they don't die. You know what I mean? 
So I really like how they do it. So like if we were playing Halo Infinite and the pilot or blue team or something was, in, was in the level, yeah, if they were there and they were in the same capacity of Noble Team where they were like fighting and on your team but not actually using team mechanics, I would appreciate that. So I really like that. What do you what do you think, Josh? Would you like that going forward or do you you prefer something different? Uh, I'm fine if they do it like Reach or if they want to do it in a new way. I I mean, on paper, I think Halo 5s sounded great to me because I was a fan of Republic Commando and I know they were trying to use that as an inspiration. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, just to clarify for people who haven't played Star Wars Republic Commando, completely different, completely different execution between the two. And it did not work in Halo 5. Mm-hmm. But I think on paper, it was a cool concept. Yeah. You know, just didn't, it didn't work out that way. And, and you know what? At least they tried because now they know how to maybe improve it or not do it and do it differently. So, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, okay, Josh, are you, are we good on the final statement for the first level? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I just, uh, just going to say, like, I had a lot of fun playing it this time. Uh, Six, the 60 the frames of 4K it looks great. Looks beautiful. The rain, just everything, like uh, the, the, the level of detail and polish is there. Isn't and it, it awesome how 343's made the launch of this game feel like such an event? Like when I boot up MCC yeah. and I'm on Twitter and I'm like, just it just seems like everyone's like in this, we're having this big party right now, you know? Yeah, you go on Twitter and like there's so many people just talking about playing it. I saw people like within the first like hour or two having like brief little, like maybe minute clips of like little montages of like them no scoping people mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And I'm just like, man, it's so cool to see like Halo. Yep. Be relevant. It's on PC like, now too. Oh, it's huge. It, I think it was. I think Halo Reach was tw- trending on Twitter as well. Yeah, and it was like over 150k th- uh, concurrent players on re- uh, Steam. Man, so like, oh, yeah. I love it, man. Yeah, it feels like Here. it feels like Halo's. Woo! I think it's fair to say Halo is the most relevant it's been since Halo Five right now. Yes, for sure. So and I'm feels, so happy. Feels good. You guys can't see it, but I'm smiling. Oh, he's, the lines in my eyes. He's, he's my grinning your your eyes are. are, are <laughs> wrinkling because yeah. I'm smiling. I'm so jolly right now. But yes, uh yeah, so we had well, someone uh oh, the, right into us. Oh, the email. We? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I want I want to I want to because we don't we haven't got many we've gotten comments and stuff on Twitter, but we haven't gotten many direct emails and so I want to point out this email um, because I thought it was really good. So I'm going to read that real quick. Um, it's from uh, a guy named Asher and he says Greetings, Sacred Icon Halo. I've been listening to your podcast since I got the little message on the Halo Discord by one of you guys. I'm one of the non-gamers who came across Halo Combat Evolved way past its glory days and hooked up onto Halo 2 just recently. Regardless of that, listening to you guys talk about Halo makes my day like any of the other fans. I love the positivity of this podcast, especially that episode where you discussed about about the ethnicity swap of Captain Keys. I was a bit pissed by the unfamiliarity and political correctness of it all, but listening to the podcast enabled me to check, enabled me to keep, I guess his words are out of place here, I'll, I'll fix it up. He said, but listening to the podcast enabled me to keep check of the performance of the actor on my priorities. The positivity and rationality you guys offer really makes this podcast so attractive. I also love that little, or it wasn't so little, note on how the current Halo could be pulled in parallel to the Forerunner role. I even checked Halo Cryptum and its sequel out after this podcast. And may I say it was really worth it. It makes me believe that Halo 6 has so much potential that thinking about it is making me jumpy and overwhelmed. I wanted to ask if any one of you have had come across the Hunt the Truth podcast that I think served as a marketing campaign for Halo 5. And if you have any particular thoughts about it. Signed, Asher. So thank you so much for that, Asher. That was really 
really awesome feedback, and we really appreciate it. And That's a great message. We're glad that you uh, had a very open mind about um, the the Halo TV show and Captain Keys, and that we were able to you know add our thoughts to yours on that. And um, Halo Cryptum, I've said it before, amazing novel. I'm really glad you checked that out. I'm flattered that you checked it out because of our conversation. It's a great book. Um, Josh needs to read it still. Um, yeah. But uh, and, and to. to answer your question, and I think in a future podcast, we'll probably talk about this in length because I could literally, with proper research on it and going through it, Hunt the Truth could be an hour itself. But Josh and I, yeah. Josh, you did listen to that, right? Before I go on? Yes. Uh, I mean, I'll pass it over to you real quick, but I will say um, before I respond to that awesome, awesome email, thank you so much, Asher, uh, that, yeah, when this, when Hunt the Truth was coming out, uh, Brian... <laughs> Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. I think it was all four of us: Brian, uh, Justin, Creighton, and myself. Creighton being Brian's brother, Justin, uh, mutual friend, and uh, yeah, I mean, we were all sort of listening to this individually at around the same time. We would talk about it here and there briefly, like, "Dude, did you listen to Hunt the Truth yet? Yeah, did you listen to this week's? You know, and stuff it was like exciting. Was, yeah, I mean, and and I got to be honest, it was the most excited I ever was for a podcast. Now, it's fair; it wasn't a podcast in your traditional sense, like Josh and I are giving you right now. It was a it was basically an audio TV show. Would you say that's fair, Josh? It was an audio drama. Yeah, audio drama. So, um, but to make a long story short, um, it was a way of marketing. It was a part of the marketing campaign for Halo Five, and it featured a uh, reporter who was played by I don't know which one it was. Can you? It's from, I want to say Keegan Michael Peele. Kelly. Okay, yeah, and he voiced the character, and it, it offered this really um, in depth background to the the story uh, the story of the Halo games and how Oni's... I'm sorry, Keegan-Michael Key. Keegan-Michael Key was the voice and um, it was really, really good high presentation values mm-hmm. and he was kind of reporting in on like Oni and the Spartan program and, and wait a minute, like it was it was, it was chronicling... Chron- how do I say that word properly? Chronicling? I don't know. I'm probably getting it wrong. But he was going through like he was... <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> it's hard. Uh, he was discussing, he, he was like hard. figuring out things about the Spartan program. Like he was coming to the discovery that, wow, they kidnapped children and replaced them with these flash clones that died. And, and like parents had to suffer because of this and they forced these kids into training and blah, 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 blah. And he was coming to all these realizations um, throughout the podcast. And it was just, it had you on the edge of your seat. And it was just like, man, like the story for this is so, so good. I can't imagine what Halo 5 is going to be like. It was amazing. And, uh, like there was even little things they would drop that like you just did not expect. Like the front cover of the Halo Two case, the video game, with Master Chief standing like with the two dueled in SMGs. This podcast canonized that as a screenshot, as as a camera shot that the reporter from this podcast took of Master Chief. So oh yeah yeah so like now that that front cover of Halo Two is a so is cool. an in canon shot. Um, so like it was just blowing our minds left and right, and, and me and Josh loved it. I would give it a ten out of ten. It was amazing. Yeah, uh, it always played this eerie music. I want to say that played at the end yep. of it, and I just was always like Wait, really next creeped one. out, and I just felt eerie. Yeah, you know, I just uh, it felt eerie. I didn't feel eerie, but <laughs> it and, felt yeah. eerie, and like yeah, it was it was very cool. But uh, more on to everything. Thank you so much, Asher, for that message. That was so wholesome and so supportive, and we appreciate that so much. Stuff like that. And just your guys' interactivity on Twitter is so inspiring. And, uh, like, that, I don't know. We, we, just, we it, were it, smiling ear to ear. We were so happy when we got that email. It was so, such, a, such a nice yeah. comment. Thank you, Asher. Uh, just, just, yeah. And the support in general is just fantastic. And, uh, yeah, I, uh, 
I know I know that Hunt the Truth stuff was uh, was just fantastic at the time. It was really really cool. It just fed into the hype, and it's one of the best marketing though, campaign things I've ever seen. I I'd love yeah. it. Um, yeah. I, and I, I would like in the future, not anytime soon, but when, when we really are looking for something to do a podcast on, I, I, would, I would not mind doing a whole podcast on that Hunt the Truth. If we actually listened through that and kind of touched on the story beats, it's a really good, really good podcast. So, yeah, we love Hunt the Truth. Any, any last thoughts on that, Josh? No, I mean, just other than I'm super grateful for that because that was a very supportive email. Uh, loved hearing that. Loved uh, Brian uh, forwarded, that, forwarded that to me. And I was just grinning ear to ear. I was like, yeah. man, that's so cool. And we just that want to say, made, too, made like, to, so to comment on his comment about our positivity, like, the truth is, guys, we, we want to be positive. We like bringing a positive vibe um, just in general in life, but also to Halo. Um, we, we feel like there's plenty of negativity out there already. And I know that can probably, for some people, that's probably going to, like, make you think that we're just not going to be honest about our thoughts or you're going to think we're some kind of 343 shill or something like that. But that's, that's just not the case. Uh, we don't mind we don't mind being disappointed in things. We don't mind being upset about things or, or criticizing things, but we just, we try to do it with intentionality and try to uh, bring, if we're going to criticize, we're going to do it constructively. And if we're going to say we're disappointed or we're going to say we don't like something, we're going to be respectful about it. Like I don't really care for the new, um, the new MCC UI, but Josh loves it. And somebody worked really hard on that. And I acknowledge that it's really well done, but so just because I don't like it doesn't mean that's a problem. It just yeah. means and I when- don't like a said thing. So yeah, and when MCC launched, I was pissed. I was angry. I was bitter. I mean, I was so mad because I put so much hype yeah. into that for several months. And that's okay. And I mean, I'm sure everyone else did, but I mean, I, I just like, I tend to make an event out of things and I just got, I, I was obsessed with that game coming out and how big of a deal it was to me to go back into the multiplayer and it not working uh, left me infuriated mm-hmm. and it took me a long time to get past it and it wasn't until last year when it worked where I just had I think I said this before but I had a moment of um, sort of just closure kind of? I just had to sit back in my chair and was a little little emotional like it almost got a little teared up because it was just like surreal that I felt closure despite it, this game still moving forward it wasn't the last I was going to be playing of it but I still felt a sense of closure um, but yeah so I mean we just like to be it's fun to be excited about things. It's fun to be, um, to, to talk about, you know, how excited you are for stuff. I like, uh, Brian and I, like when we discuss films, we, we love being critical. We love to discuss that stuff. Even if we love a film, mm-hmm. like we just love just going at length about that stuff. But, you know, just like this stuff, we like to be analytical with it, but, um, you know, we overall, we just like this stuff and that's why we're here. Cause we it's like a, it. We don't want to, we don't want to spend our time on a halo podcast talking about why we hate stuff. We'll touch upon yeah. that stuff if we don't like something, but we're here because we love it. And that's what we want to focus on talking about. So, but also lastly, I just want to say, I uh, really appreciate that feedback on the uh, Halo Showtime uh, discussion that Brian and I had. Uh, yeah, I think that's one of those things, you know, it could go plenty of different ways, people having different opinions on that stuff. But, you know, it's great, I think, to keep an open mind with it because as with anything, you know, even like with Halo Infinite coming out, you know, and whatever they give us with that, because it's, it's a new experience and you know it's great that we're at this point that we get a lot of halo content i mean it felt like it kind of died down after halo 5 yeah we got halo wars 2 but there wasn't really it was just dust and echoes after that you know so like uh it's nice to be at this point and i'm it's good to keep an open mind because you know there's plenty of times in our lives outside of halo that we've had experiences we didn't initially think we were going to enjoy or be grateful for that we look back on fondly now so. Yeah, it's just, it's just a mindset. I'll say I'll say it right now. If Halo Infinite comes out and Josh and I don't like it, or we, we or maybe we really don't like it, 
uh, we're still going to come to you on this podcast. We're going to tell you our thoughts about it, but we're going to be constructive and we're going to be respectful. Like, and we're still going to be Halo fans and we're still going to support 343 and we're still going to, you know, move forward as fans of this franchise. Like it's, you know, it's, that's just how it is. It's not, uh, 343 success shouldn't be dependent on one person's personal opinion, you know? So, but anyways, moving along from that, you guys get the point. Um, I thank will, you so much, Asher. And if it makes you just a little icing on the cake, when I played the Game of Thrones Telltale game, there's a character in there named Asher. And at the very end, you get to choose between saving him and another person. I chose. Boom. That's Asher. who I'd save. Now, of yeah. course. <laughs> uh, okay, so I'm gonna read. I'm gonna read one question I asked this week uh, that applies very well to our Halo Reach centric episode, and then I'll give a few uh, uh, comments from fans. Um, so oh, yeah. <clears throat> the first, the question I asked on Twitter was. Halo Reach came out September 14th, 2010. Now over nine years later, it's coming back better than ever. The Halo community is pumped, as it should be. To kick off the start of what will be a month-long coverage of Reach, from me and Josh, we ask, who is your favorite member of Noble Team and your favorite map? Now first, Josh, just real quick, don't have to go into detail, who's your favorite uh, member of Noble Team and what's your favorite map from Reach? Oh, man, okay. Well, I want to say George, but I gotta go with my girl Cat. Okay, Cat. And then what was the other one? Favorite uh, map. Mitten. If you can't remember the name, just kind of describe it to me, and we'll we'll move on. Uh, it is the one. Yeah, because I'm still still newer to Reach's multiplayer. I put time in. If, for those who haven't heard me say this before, I put time into Reach before. I actually played the beta back in the day, but when it came out, I just wasn't really playing games as much, so I didn't really get to deep dive into it as much as I did some of the other ones. That being said. Uh, it is one that's got this sort of circular platform, this, this oh, area. Yeah. I think it's Powerhouse? Yes. The think, water in wow, the center. man. Yeah. Look at you getting that right away off of such so little description. I love Halo. I breathe Halo. <laughs> you are Halo. I am Halo. Very nice, though. Yes, that is probably off the top of my head my favorite. Okay, cool. Yeah, that's, I love that map, too. Uh, I chose George as my favorite uh, from Noble Team, and my favorite map is Sword Base, which I think is hilarious. I got some some. That is a great map. I got, well, I got some comments from people who are saying you literally picked the worst possible map in Halo. Uh, because, what? Yeah, Sword Base is, is Sword Base is hated for a lot of competitive players. Um, so I'll take that. I, huh? I really enjoy Sword Base. So, but I'm a filthy casual for multiplayer, so it's fine. Um, filthy casual. So one uh, one response we got on that question was from Tom. He is at Tom underscore Jurassic, and he says my favorite member of Noble Team is Emil. I love the personality, the skull helmet, and the, I don't know how to say this properly. I'm going to get it wrong. Kukri? It's it's his blade. You know how to say that, Josh? Mm-mm. It's the blade that Emil has, he says. Our bad. Yeah. <laughs> I love the personality, the skull helmet, and the Kukri add to his character. Takes badass Spartan to a whole new level. Favorite map? Forge World. So many memories of fun custom games on Forge maps created on that map. Uh, yeah, I gotta say, dude, when they first showed off Forge Map, I was pretty floored back in 2010 when they were showing that off because it's this huge map. It's got the typical map that looks like Blood Gulch, but it's also got all these side areas. It's got an island. It's got like this room for a Griff Ball. Mm-hmm. Lots of cool things that can happen there. So, uh, great pick. And uh, Emil is a badass. I mean, everyone knows that. I mean, his his skull helmet's awesome. It's iconic. And uh, the way he goes out in Halo Reach is is really cool. So uh, yeah, you picks. know. Uh I haven't messed around with Forge I th- at all, I think, or next to nothing in, in Breach. But I do know that people love it in the community. And I think most, I think I would say nine out of 10 people look at Halo Reach's Forge as their favorite looking back. It's, it, from what I've, from what I've gathered personally. I feel like Reach was, like, I feel like Reach was a, not to, sorry to cut you off, Josh. Uh, I feel like Reach's Forge was 
uh, uh, quite an evolution from threes, but still simplistic enough everyone could jump in. Or like now with Halo 5's Forge, which is arguably the, the best one, um, there's just a lot to do there. I mean, you, there's probably, I mean, there's there's casuals and there's professionals when it comes to the current uh, Forge. There's a lot to do there. So, yeah. uh, And Emil, totally like him. I just want to say real quick, for some reason, I th- it's something to do with the helmet. It's, it's probably not going to make any sense, but I just get spawn vibes. You know, every that's time fair. I see his that's helmet, fair. it's just such an iconic, like he's, he's got an iconic look. He's got the most iconic look out of all of yeah. them. And I think there's a reason why him along with cat are in gears five as playable yeah. characters in multiplayer and stuff. So yeah, meals, Emil's great. You can't not like it. It's just guy. cool. Cause he's he scratched, he scratched the skull onto his helmet. You can see it's scratched. You know, I love, yeah. I love that. It's not spray paint or something. Um, okay. So we had another comment from Sal, Sal, Salerno. He's at Halo Fan for Life. His favorite is George. Same. Yeah, same here. Uh, his uh, favorite uh, noble team is George. Uh, awesome pick. My favorite too. Mm-hmm. Uh, he also picked uh, Forge World as his favorite map. He says, okay. in reference to, Dor- to George, he says, damn, I wish he'd made it out alive. Uh, Me too, buddy. Uh, yeah, George is amazing. Uh, it says, FW just has so much to offer. As fast as playable space goes. What's FW? Forge World, buddy. Oh, I'm wow. <laughs> I'm too focused. Josh is like, hey. Sla- I, tell, I was looking at your face and you're just like, yeah, dumbfounded. FW. What is I'm like, F- Forward Unto Dawn isn't spelled that way. Man, I'm really overthinking. It's some kind of mysterious um, dialect. Yeah, Forge World has a lot to offer. Um, he says, his last statement is, he says, I really hope we get a map like that in Infinite. So he wants a map like Forge World in Halo Infinite. I think that'd be cool. Uh, Forge World was awesome. So no, absolutely. I think that'd be cool. Um, and, and, and see, just like ahead, I, like I said, I haven't put much time into Forge World, if at all. I really can't remember. However, seeing how praised it is unanimously by people out there, definitely take what take what's favorable, and then also add you know new stuff, of course. But yeah, I would if people really like that, I would want that. I just would prefer it wasn't called Forge World. To me, that just seems so cheesy. But. You know what? When I picture Forge World, I picture like monkey bars and like oh, yeah. play p- playhouse and stuff like that, and like a jungle gym and things like that, where I can do cartwheels and stuff. Sounds like they should have called the level the Forgery. I would have preferred that better. That would have sounded cooler. Yeah, I like Forge World though. It feels like a place I'd want to have my birthday party at. Oh yeah, dude, it's better than Chuck E. Cheese's. <laughs> well, okay, that's a whole different it's debate. Going a little farther. Time, going a little too farther. Yeah, uh, it's a hot take. The next uh, comment is from <laughs> Super Scrungus. At Super Scrungus, and they say Cat is the leader of Noble Team for me. In my head, Carter doesn't even yeah, exist. Pretty. LOL. Favorite map is easily the Spire. So apparently, not a fan of Carter because they don't even exist. Um, <laughs> that's what <laughs> that's what Super Scrungus Scrungus says. Um, Cat's the favorite. Josh can relate to that. Uh, Josh, what do you think of the map Spire? Although George, it, honestly, really, Cat and George are equals to me in terms of favorites. But if I had to pick one, I'm gonna pick Cat. Um, just because I got a bit of a crush on her, so okay, but fair enough. but um, you said Spire. Remind me again. That's the map that has that giant tower that you take an elevator to the top of. Oh, and it like it when it, when you go up above it, it like tells you to return to battlefield, and you kind of like fall down. Is that what no? You're, you're thinking of Zenith, I think. Spire oh, Spire's yep. the one that's got. Uh, it's outside, and it's just giant like Covenant. Oh, thing, yep. Yeah. And you you can okay. jetpack yeah, off yeah, the yeah. top, and you're like really high in the air. Correct. Yeah, gotcha. that's a cool map. That is an awesome map, especially for inv- invasion. I love invasion. Yeah, I haven't 
we're going to talk about uh, multiplayer next time, but I will say in what little I have played of the multiplayer for Reach on MCC, I did not get to play on that map yet, but I do have some fond memories of playing on that. Very good choice. Um, next comment comes from 4L. He's at that guy, 4L. That guy. Yeah, 4L. He's in our, uh, he's in our Discord, I believe. Um, That's awesome. We have a Discord? You're going to have to tell us about uh, we'll, that we'll later, get Brian. There, Josh. We'll get there. <laughs> oh, we will? Okay. Um, we'll cross that bridge. He says, June, albeit, he rarely got any screen time. I love the way he subtly played devil's advocate and definitely the cage for his level is the cage. I'm going to be straight up honest. I don't remember what level the cage is. Apologies. Josh probably doesn't know either. Is that correct? Not the top of my head. So I just we're, really thought we're, of the cage. We're, yeah, we're failures at that. Um, we'll, we'll have to get back to you on the Discord about the cage. Uh, I don't know what that is. But um, June's a cool character. I mean, he's the only, the only one from Noble Team that lives. He, uh, he 343 gave him uh, a role in the extended lore later on, so that's a good pick. Uh, Josh, thoughts on June? I actually am not personally a fan of how the direction they took him okay. uh, outside of the game, um, but I do, but it's because I really enjoy his character, and I think he is someone who, uh, the, the less we see, the more we like, because it creates a bit more of a mystery with him. He's sort of there, but he's not there throughout the campaign. And I think that's part of the reason we like him because what little we get, he seems pretty cool. I think that's fair, but we see so little of him, and he actually lives that you feel a sense of attachment to him too. I mean, all all our experience in reach gets put into this one character going forward and you can't help but like the guy. He doesn't really give you a reason to dislike him. And plus uh, the first time you get to do stuff with him is a mission. That's a nod to halo combat evolved. Yeah, no, it's a very cool mission. So I like that mission yeah. a lot. Uh, last comment we're reading from the question is from Mason Wood. He is at Mason W O two eight three eight one five four six. A lot of numbers there. He says I liked Carter mainly because of what he was willing to do and g- willing to go and do for the team. I couldn't agree more. Um, I know Carter is a very stereotypical leader, um, kind of straightforward guy, but. You can tell he does what's best for the team, and he shows that in his uh, final moments. What do you think, Josh? You like Carter? He's got you awesome said it was Mason that wrote in. Yeah, Mason. Yeah, yeah. I, I get where you're coming from, Mason. I mean, he's not one of my favorites, but I actually still like Carter just because, like, I, okay, well, I, I can see how he would be a bit more one dimensional, but he has to be. You know, I think because he's the leader, like you said, Brian, too. Like, I think he's 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 got good initiative and he's got good leadership skills and like especially when George and Emil kind of have a little bit of a scuttlebutt, you know, like they have a little bit of a tiff. Um, he's very quick to put that down. But also like when you first meet him and he's like talking about how, uh, you know, I, you know, heard your you know read your file and all that stuff. Glad to have you aboard. You know, glad to have you on t- on the team. Just none of that lone wolf stuff. He's not a He's not a butthead about it, you know what I mean? Like he's 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 he's, he's nice. He's a good guy. Doing true. Yeah. It's like he's he's a little stern when he has to be, but like otherwise he's pretty nice and that's you would want that in a leader, yeah. you know? So I think he's a good example of that. Despite being one dimensional, I think he's he's a really good kind of that. Yeah. Yeah, uh <clears throat> a lot of good comments, guys. Those are just a selection I picked out. Uh Josh, you mind if I move yeah, right into so much. a couple of things real quick? Yeah. Okay, so forward, we buddy. we got a bunch of a bunch of new things uh to the we got news. We got news. <laughs> New things to the podcast. Uh, we got our official website up. At uh, it's just it's www.sacrediconhalo.com. Uh, you can go there Ooh. to you can listen to our podcast from there. You can uh, we have a welcome page that kind of tells you about what we're, we're about here at the podcast. Um, we have a blog 
uh, section that has a bunch of blo- a bunch of pieces I wrote on Halo before we started the podcast. Um, Josh has Josh plans to maybe do something eventually. Right now, those are all just uh, from me. So if you want to read about some more Halo news, you can check those out. Um, we also have a uh, support us link there on the website where you can uh, go to Patreon. Um, we just have one tier at Patreon for one dollar, um, and you can you can become sacred. Um, sacred is the tier uh, here at Sacred Icon Halo. If you want to become sacred, just uh, throw us a dollar on that Patreon. Our Patreon's at uh, Patreon dot com slash sacred icon halo it's also accessible from the website like i said and uh lastly on the website we have an about us section where you, we have a little brief bio for uh josh and i and what uh kind of what we're about and uh we also have bios for the support behind uh sacred icon halo podcast uh people who helped with the sound and uh erica my wife who does erica plays halo uh, is on there and uh just yeah just go to the website and check that out guys if you uh I care about the podcast at all, I want to know a little bit more. Um, it's a good, nice hub for us. Um, we also have a link on there to our Discord. We now have a Discord. Um, Yay! Our Discord is, uh, is, it, is it fair to say that's also slash Sacred Icon Halo? Is that how that works? Or? Yeah, I think so. Okay. I think, I yeah. think you can get to it. If you want to go to Discord, uh, we have a link on our Twitter, but it's uh, sacred, slash Sacred Icon Halo as well. Uh, we'd love to have anyone, everyone wants to come there, and so we can keep chatting with you guys about... Uh, not only uh, about just continual Halo things and what we're doing, but um, also episode discussion when we release new episodes. If you guys want to talk about what we talked about in the episode and share your opinions and maybe you thought Josh and I were really wrong about something or totally spot on about something, we'd just love to talk to you guys. So we got quite a few people in the Discord already. And uh, so we got the site running. we got the Discord. Patreon just got that $1 uh, become sacred tier. Uh, we just, we're just having a great time, guys. we got so much set up. We really... Really, uh, we're just amazed by the support from everyone. Uh, we started this podcast 28 days ago. Uh, it has not been a month. and 28 days later. Um, if you just take a look at all the things we have going I'm and uh, all of our social media, it's kind of a shock uh, how much this has blown up in 28 days. Um, so we are just over the moon. Um, as far as support goes, you guys have supported us in more ways than we could ever imagine at this point in time. So... Uh, if you don't feel like giving to the Patreon, totally don't. Just you know, don't do it. You know, just come here, listen, throw us a retweet, a like, a comment, anything you want to do, just to kind of push us along. Uh, we really appreciate it. So, uh, yeah, I think that's pretty much all I got, Josh. Uh, is there something I forgot, or do you want to take us out? No, yeah, I, I just want to say in addition, yeah, I mean, absolutely. Like he said, you know, especially with the Discord, if you guys ever just want to talk about anything specific to uh, what we discussed on this episode or a previous one or a future one, you know, it's a great place to do that. If you don't want to do it on Twitter, because you can totally do it on there, that's completely fine. Uh, if you want to talk about things in general, or if maybe you're looking for some buddies to play some Halo Reach with, you know, uh, we have that on there. And we definitely want to have that as a place outside of Twitter um, where, you know, the Sacred Icon Halo community can kind of come together and, and just talk about Halo or anything, you know, that's topical, like Star Wars, because I'm not going to be able to shut up about it here in a few weeks. But, yes, uh, that being said, guys, you can find us on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. You can find us anywhere. Um, if there's not a place that you use for your podcast and we're not on, let us know. We'll make it happen. Uh, if you guys want to have anything like Asher uh, that you want to write in, you can do so at sacredicon.halo at gmail.com. Or if you want to message us on Twitter, you can do that via at Sacred I oh, sorry <laughs> at Sacred Icon Halo. I'm like, wait a second, it changed. But yes, it's at Sacred Icon Halo. If you want to reach out to Brian personally, 
you can do so at Brian's Bane, myself at Jovial Joshi, and Brian's wife Erica is at Erica Plays Halo, uh, and you should definitely check that out. I know he retweeted uh, or posted a video recently of her playing, which was a the silent, silent photographer. photographer. Yes, and uh, guys, uh, for those tuning in for the first time, this is a great example, a great fresh take on Halo. If you if you want to get a, a fresh opinion on what that is like for somebody who's never played them before, because this is her first time through, they're really fun, really great, and uh, you should definitely check that out. But yeah, uh, that is it for this episode. I know uh, next time we're going to be covering a little bit more on the second mission and maybe talking a bit more about multiplayer in depth a bit. So, uh, But yeah, thanks so much for tuning in, guys, for this one. Um, he's Brian. I'm Joshua. And you've been listening to the Sacred Icon Halo podcast. Keep it sacred. Peace, guys.